This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. A few weeks ago, Dave and I arrived at a streamside access site in Wisconsin and we're getting ready to fly fish when a car pulled up. The driver asked if we were fishing up or down river. When we told him down river, he wished us good luck and drove off up river. But later we discovered that he turned around and dumped off a client right below us. Yeah, he was a guide. Yeah, he was. I suppose it's debatable whether or not he went far enough, whether he gave us enough space. But what this little incident reminds us is that there are rules of etiquette which fly fishers have developed over the years to make the experience fair and pleasant for all involved. That's so important in a day when there's more pressure on streams and rivers. Yeah, it really and, is. You know, fly fishers are prone to <clears throat> stream rage. Yeah. Just like <laughs> drivers are prone to road rage. I was just reminded, being in Colorado recently, how much pressure there is on the river. Oh, man. And, uh, and so with the increased pressure, I think it's important that we talk about fly fishing etiquette. Yeah, it really is. A few years ago, Field and Stream published an article titled, Don't Be That Guy, with a summary of common rules of fly fishing etiquette. Uh, we're going to go through that list. I think there were 10 items, and uh, we're going to discuss it. So uh, here we go. What's the first one? Well, the first is, if you are second or third or 25th to get to the river, <laughs> that's your problem, not everyone else's. Find somewhere else to fish. Yeah, I agree. You can't argue with that. No, no, right? you really can't. And I think that actually goes to the, the guide that dropped his client off below mm -hmm. us. And if you remember that little conversation we had with him, when he pulled up, he asked you, um, what direction are you fishing? And you yeah. initially said, we're going upriver, because you were kind of confused yeah, at that moment. I was, and like then, I always am. <laughs> then you, and then you quickly said, no, we're going downriver, because we had fished the area yeah. the night before, and the best runs were downriver, and there's two of us, so we wanted to fish downriver. Yeah. So, um, so the fact that he was there, it was 6.30 in the morning, the fact that he got there 15 minutes mm -hmm. late while we were just yeah. about ready to leave the truck and start fly fishing, that was his problem, not our yeah. problem. And I've, I've been on the other end of that. Oh, man, that brings back a really painful memory. On Thanksgiving Day, many, many, many years ago, when I lived in Montana, uh, my brother and I decided to hike up and just hunt, for a couple, hunt elk for a couple of hours Thanksgiving Day morning. And uh, we drove up to the spot, and there was somebody already parked. We walked in the trail, and when we came to this fork, this Y, uh, guys are waiting for us. It says, hey, which way do you want to go? And they actually let us pick. Well, my plan was to go left on the Y and then work our way to the right on the ridge <laughs> to do both. So I thought, well, probably the biggest area is to the right. So I picked the right and he said, fine. So they went up to the left. You know, we hadn't gone maybe five minutes and I heard a shot. And I thought, oh, great. And then a, a couple mule deer doe bounded through. I thought, no big deal. They got a deer so we, we hunted for a couple of hours. We walked out. Thankfully, we were almost out to the car, to our vehicle. And here they were, they were dragging out a bull elk. They actually cut it in half. I mean, 
It's the only way. A big old bull. Nice five point. I thought, oh. You guys missed it. I know. I should have said left. But uh, but that's the deal. You, you know, I, I that's that's the way it works. Uh, the, the early bird gets the... The fly. We can't say the worm on a fly fishing podcast, but no, that's fine. that would be tragic. Okay, here's a second one. Watch the direction where other anglers are fishing. Are they going upstream or downstream, moving right or left along a shoreline, and never block them? You should yield at least a couple runs in front of another angler, especially when that angler is on the move. I'd say especially when that's me. <laughs> yeah, I, I need not one or two runs. I need a couple miles. Yeah. Well, that's hard, especially, you know, I think about fishing in Utah and fishing uh, one of the tributaries of the Provo there. Maybe it's the middle Provo. I'm not sure. But one, there's t not a ton of fly fishing streams right. there. Yeah. And there's quite a few fly fishers. Mm -hmm. And so when you're walking past someone uh, to fish in the next run, you really do need to walk two, three, four runs up. But if yeah. in fact there's a fly fisher, like you were saying in another podcast where there people are stacked along a line of runs, there's mm -hmm. no place to go. But you're right. Watch the direction where other anglers are fishing and, and, and just figure out to go in the opposite direction or get, you know, be able to walk farther so that you're not yeah. fishing right in front of them. That's yeah. rude. I think actually, I, absolutely. I agree with that. So the next point in this article is this. When in doubt, ask. Talk to others. Do you mind if I get up and fish that pool up there? Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, I've done that before, and we've had guys do that with us, and, and you appreciate that. And sometimes he said, no, we're, we're, we're going to fish the next one, or that's where we're headed. But, but other times, uh, you know, they'll say, yeah, that's fine, or we'll say, sure, you know, go ahead. We'll just go on up above you. And... I mean, it seems like a no-brainer, but, but anglers can work together on this. It sounds patently simple, but yeah. there is this sense in which when you're out in the river, sometimes you, you don't want to look somebody in the face and you right. just want to go yeah. ahead and do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it, it just ends up not working out yeah. long term. That actually reminds me of a story, and I may have told this earlier, but last fall uh, I was out goose hunting with my family out in North Dakota and we got out to a field early and there was already somebody there and they uh -huh. were starting to put out decoys. Now the group that we hunt with has blanket permission from about for about 20,000 acres up there where we, we goose hunt. That doesn't mean we're exclusively the only people who can hunt there but we have the permission. So we were a little bit shocked to see someone there. We'd seen the geese land there the night before, which is often what you do when you're goose hunting. You spot them the night before. And often, not always, but they'll come back um, to the to the field. Mm -hmm. So when we got there, there was a truck there. And so we pull up, and the guy who has this permission was with us. And so he talked to the guy in the truck, and the guy was just so nasty. Man. Nasty, nasty, nasty. And... What was so curious about the whole thing was in our truck was another guy who was a farmer who lived in the area, and he was overhearing this conversation, which was a very terse, nasty <laughs> conversation. And this guy in this other truck didn't realize that this other farmer was in our truck and that this guy who was being nasty didn't realize that as a consequence of him being so rude, he would never again be allowed on this other farmer's land. Yeah. Because wow. as we were leaving, the farmer turned to me and said, you know, that'll be the last time that guy ever gets permission to hunt on my land. 
Wow. I mean, so there's, you don't know what you mm-hmm. don't know. So yeah. it doesn't, you know, so ask. And I think yeah. it just doesn't pay to be nasty. That's true. And, and even though there's times where I've said, oh, great, there's somebody else out here. You know, I want to be the only one. Well, they're saying the same thing. Well, absolutely. It's just, just a matter of learning to share. Okay, here's another item. Tell others what your plans are. For example, leave a note on the windshield of your vehicle parked at a bridge. I went upstream 2 p.m. Unless the anglers who follow you are nuts, they'll head the other way. Have you ever done that? You know, I haven't. It, it's, I thought about it, and that's a good idea, but uh, no, I, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't either, partly because I can't imagine having anything to write on while I'm out flying. Yeah, that's fishing. the problem. Yeah, I know, that's the <laughs> that's problem. That's not a bad idea. I, just have, I have never yeah. done it either. No, and probably some places where the pressure's a little heavier. There's other places where like, it doesn't matter. There's so much water, but that's, yeah, that's an interesting one. Okay, so the fifth is this. Your voice should only be heard by others when they want to hear it. It's great to get excited about fishing, mm. but that doesn't mean whooping it up. Hmm. Yeah. Do I, we whoop it up out there? Have we ever done well, that? Sometimes, but I, I think hey, in Steve. a... Yeah, in a, con, in a very controlled <laughs> Whooping of way. in a very controlled yeah. whooping. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A controlled whoop. Yeah. yeah that, that's the, and that's maybe the it's because you and I term. just don't fish that many places where there's tons of fly fishers. Yeah, we, or we don't to catch to enough it. to get excited. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's no, probably the truth. Actually, we're so used to catching just... It just uh, doesn't you know, make a difference at 30 all. 30-fish yeah. day every time we go out. It's like, <laughs> why get excited? It's the same old... No, I, I think we have a few times, but again, it's just common sense, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so you know, common sense. You know, and if I hear a couple guys whooping and hollering, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Now, if, if they're just carrying on the whole you know, for, for the next hour, then it's like, okay, stop. But yeah. so much of this is basic social intelligence. Yeah. You know, it right? really is. It really is. I mean, if you have to almost explain it, you're like, seriously, I know how's it. the rest of your life? I know. Right. It. <laughs> well, how about the next one? This is, this next one's an important one. The next one is play by the rules and regulations. Don't leave trash. And if you're a catch and release angler, and most of us are, do your best to ensure the fish that you catch will live. Again, this seems like such common yeah, sense, right? Like, it, don't it leave is. trash. I mean, does, it is. do we but actually it does, have to say that? You know, unfortunately, we probably have to do. I can't believe how much trash that that I see along uh, rivers. And, you know, even recently in Colorado, I, I saw, you know, the, the soles of somebody's... Uh, uh, shoe and maybe it just came off but it's like it's right along the bank and the river and sometimes I will actually uh, pick that stuff up and, and pack it out I, I didn't in that particular uh, case but uh, that that's so annoying and it's such an easy fix I mean how hard is it to uh, to pick stuff up and, and pack it out but uh, unfortunately there's people who don't I think the other piece of that is you know the catch and release piece mm-hmm. um, it's so easy to play the fish out and unnecessarily to leave it out of the water for the picks. And there's a whole movement called keep them wet, uh, which is this idea that, you know, as you're catching the fish and right before you release it, never to, to let that fish out of the water, Mm -hmm. out of your net to make sure it's always wet. And I think that's a good, it's actually a good reminder. I find that it's hard to take pictures that way, but, um, it it sticks in my mind and I think about it every time I, I catch a fish. Yeah, that's true. Remember, we talked about barbless hooks before, and there's a little bit of controversy on that. I mean, uh, barbless hook sounds great, but th- there's another school of thought, too, that if, you're, if you have a barb on the hook that uh, 
maybe you can even bring the fish in a little bit more quickly and and you, you you're not trying so hard to, to you know to keep it on without uh, losing it and so just just get the fish in as quickly as possible yeah, and, then, and then release it so yeah what about the next one steve don't camp in one run all day it might be the most productive spot in the river but courtesy dictates that you share with others man that's one i might push back a little bit on yeah there are places where I think that's that's the right etiquette. This might be in steelhead runs. Yes, you know, right uh, in the west. Yep, or... you're inside Yellowstone Park on the at the West Yellowstone entrance. That the the very famous barn pools there, where uh, fly fishers like to to go in the fall when the brown trout are running, and and I know that that those get fished. I mean, that's how they do it. You you fish it like a a steelhead run. You you start it. You know, at the bottom, and you you work your way up through the pool, and then when you're done, you you get out, and then you come back and get in line again. So uh-huh. that makes sense. But you know, there there's a place where you and I have fished on the Madison River for years, and it's a uh, it's a spawning run in the spring. The rainbows are there, and honestly, the, there's there's so much river that I've never felt compelled to. Uh, get out of that now maybe if i have fished that for an hour and somebody else comes along and wants to join us uh hopefully i might say okay yeah if you want to jump in here with us but i kind of feel like well i've discovered that there's there's a gazillion other places so i don't know well, i don't know what you think but for me i don't feel that bad about well, i don't even know how often have we had that happen up there i mean that's what two three miles in two yeah. miles in yeah and it's... so you have to go up this trail and through the years, as I think about all the times we fished that run, right, there might have been someone who could possibly have fished that once or twice. Yeah, maybe? and the thing is, it doesn't look any better, and I'm not sure if, if it is. It just happens to be a place where the fish stack uh, hold up. up. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, the, the, we, we've gone in there before where there's guys fishing it, but they're they're not there for a long time. They they move through it and move on out. So yeah, I don't really feel that bad. So the next point is keep your dog on a leash or leave your dog at home Even if it's better. not the yeah <laughs> if it's not the kind of dog that will heal right next to you as you fish and this yeah. this is one of my big pet peeves i love dogs i have dogs we're in the process of getting another dog and i just tell you leave the dog i just yeah. do not get yeah. this whole idea of the dog with you fly mm-hmm. fishing if in yeah. fact there are other fly fishers on the stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just the dog runs right, walks right through the runs. I tell this story repeatedly, but I was up in the Minnesota Driftless not too long ago, and it was in the summer, so there was a lot of pressure on the river. And my son Corey and I were working upstream, and we come around this bend, and here comes a fly fisher downstream. He wasn't fishing. But his dog was run, It was right in the middle of these small oh. runs. Oh, man. And I turned to Corey and said, Corey, let's go home. We're done. Yep. So we uh, left and tried to find another yep. stream later that day. So the point simply is yep. your dog is probably not that well behaved. <laughs> so leave it at home. <laughs> That's right. And transitioning from dogs now to fly fishers, same thing applies. Don't do things that will screw up the water someone else is fishing. For example, mind your shadows if you're walking next to a river. Don't splash around and stir up the water. Don't paddle your boat right through a run someone else is casting into. 
that's kind of interesting. Don't paddle your boat right through a run. I guess that I guess that works for drift boats, but I don't think of paddling drift boats. But anyway, that the point's well taken. I, I yeah, I I've thought about it before when, when I'm done fishing. Sometimes I just think, you know, the easiest way to get back to uh, the car is just to to walk down this river and you know walk right in the edge of it or to walk through some of the pools. But there's somebody else there fishing. That's just not good etiquette. No, it's not. I think if you're walking back to the car after you've walked upstream, you should do your absolute best to stay out of the river. Absolute yeah. best to stay. Now, sometimes it's impossible to do that, but uh, I think it's just coming back downstream and walking through a run is the most rude thing you can do. It's just so senseless. Yep, it really is. One more. So lastly, if you feel like someone or somebody has done something wrong that negatively affected your fishing... Don't yell at them, flip them off, or get into an argument. Odds are they don't know what they did, and if you can politely let them know, then move on by saying, no worries, they'll be smarter, you'll feel better, and a future bad encounter will likely be avoided. Yeah, that really is good advice. Again, that's basic social intelligence, mm-hmm. yeah. the whole cliche, catch yeah. peas with what is the whole thing, honey rather than vinegar. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, this was probably harder for me to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I might yeah. in my mind or to you just like mock this person as I'm leaving, but I would I don't <laughs> yeah, think I would right. ever confront somebody on the stream. Yeah, that's why we're good at not yelling or flipping people off. We just, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just vent to each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But seriously, we found the fly fishing community for the most part. Uh, a lot of really great people out there. and it, That's not the pattern. Exactly, it isn't. And, and like this point says, uh, probably the odds are is that somebody doesn't know what they did. And well, the important thing, if you're new to fly fishing, I think you need to know there are s- some rules of etiquette. Right? Yeah. And, yep. uh, and it's important to know that. Yep, it really is. All right, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Bob made the following comment about a recent podcast on making time to fly fish. He writes... I live in the East Coast, Washington, D.C., and while I love to fish for wild trout in rural Virginia, Maryland, and Pennsylvania, I'm also not above hitting a scrubby little stream 20 minutes from my house to fly fish for bluegill, crappies, and bass. I make time for fly fishing by not pretending that every outing has to look like a scene from a river runs through it. If I did that, I'd fish three times a year instead of three times a week. What I love about that is his passion and... You know, the fact that he's not a purist, yeah, you know, or yeah. an elitist, and it's all about fishing and catching fish. And uh, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you and I have uh, spent so many years fly fishing in the West, and you lived in Colorado, North Dakota. I lived in Montana for uh, more than two decades, and, and it's easy to get spoiled. You know, we, we could turn up our noses and say, well, I'm not going to go fish for salmon up near... Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but you in know the middle of the, In the middle of the city. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I heard sirens before, and yet when you're down on that river, no, it doesn't smell quite like the Yellowstone, and, and you don't have pine trees, but it, it's a beautiful setting. I'm, I'm just thankful to be able to catch some trout. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today. What other etiquette rules do fly fishers need to follow? Please share your thoughts with us by going to twoguysonariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What other do's or don'ts are part of good stream etiquette? 
You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it. Give us a review. Also, you can download a podcast app on your phone and receive our weekly podcast. That's how I listen to most of the podcasts that I subscribe to. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>